Hey, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're praying this message encourages you, grows your faith, and builds your relationship with Jesus. Thanks for joining us. We're going we're gonna to jump into week two of our series on the captive cause. It is our, our vision-focused title uh, for 2023-2024, and last week we kicked it off with a message around being called to Him. And we had some technical difficulties, not sure if you noticed. Um, for those of you who are in the, in the building, maybe not. Those of you who are online, I'm sure you did, uh, being that uh, about third into uh, your experience of our Sunday service, you had no experience of our Sunday service. So apologies. However, we felt that last week's message was actually, it was so critical to where we're heading as a whole community that we re-recorded it in total uh, at the office, and it is up on YouTube. So uh, if you missed it online, you can go and listen to that. I would encourage you uh, to do that. We're going to progress in this series, but there is a, there is a real risk that if you get uh, too far ahead without establishing a quality foundation, uh, then, then actually you're going you're gonna to be doing things and operating out of things uh, that in the long run might end up being unhealthy for you. And so I want to, as, as a good pastor, I want to say to you, fix your foundation. Check it. Make sure it's right. Listen to the message from last week. If you weren't able to be here, it's on YouTube. It's this amazing platform on the internet uh, with videos. Not sure if you know about it. I'm, I don't know. Uh, but, but all of our messages are there. So if you ever miss a Sunday, which I know is super rare uh, because you're incredibly faithful, but if you do, you don't have to miss the message. You don't have to miss the teaching. You actually don't have to miss the progression that God is taking the community on. All right? We're going to stop being bit part consumers of the Word of God and understand that God is building a community and has us on a trajectory. And if we exit for a week, it's really valuable if we engage in what God was saying to us as a community so we're on the same journey. I came to move us this morning. Is that all right? Yeah. Because Origin's coming up and we're going to need each other in that place, amen? Because we all know it's not the decider. Despite Pastor Darren's faith, uh, when he recorded that uh, announcement, he was believing for a Blues victory, which I love. I love that most of my staff believe for a Blues victory. Um, we're working on the others, it's all right. But um, I, I want to communicate something incredibly uh, encouraging to you this morning and it would be remiss of me not to, you know, we've, we've talked about, uh, for two weeks we talked about being able to pledge finance towards seeing our vision and the things that we want to do, the incredible work of, of Victory Care, uh, the incredible uh, work that we do through, through Osh, all the things that we're doing out in the community. Uh, and we said that to do those things for the next 12 months, we were looking to try to get $320,000. Um, it, is, it, is, it blows me away every year, to be honest, uh, at the response of people and the generosity. And I, um, you, know, you know, pledges fill me with a lot of encouragement. Um, however, I know uh, that there is a journey attached to every pledge. Uh, and so I'm going to let us know this morning that our pledges at this point uh, are at $350,000. So, so that is awesome. Give yourselves a huge, huge round of applause. But it's, now, now the journey begins. The journey of faithfulness. The journey of going, uh, I, I, I believe I heard from God when I wrote down that pledge. I wasn't, it wasn't just an emotional response, but I really believe that I heard God say, commit this amount, stretch, be wise, whatever it was for you, 
Now the journey of faithfulness begins. And our, our, our prayer as a staff, our, our prayer, uh, if you want to engage, your prayer can be also that all of us would be able to journey faithfully to fulfillment uh, and that we would be able to see all the things that we would love to do through this community get done over the next 12 months. Um, but you guys are amazing and continue to uh, blow the staff away with the generosity and uh, the faithfulness that we see. So that was a really exciting thing that I got to announce this morning, privilege of leadership. Uh, but you know, I want to I honor someone this morning. I wasn't going to do this, but he's, he's sitting in the front row. He rarely sits there. Uh, we joke about him being, uh, being a pastor. He hasn't been ordained, um, but, but Pete McQuillan faithfully manages all of our finances and has done for, for decades. And when we, are, when we as an executive team gather together to pray and, and seek God and, and really, really try to decide with faith and wisdom what the amount is going to be, how much we're going to stretch in spaces, how much we're going to commit to overseas mission and things like that, Pete is always the one that brings faith. He's always the one that says, you know what, I, think, I actually think God's saying more. And uh, I want to honor that because, man, I love having a man of faith around me. It's awesome. You're a legend. So I don't know about you, but I would love an answer for what I am supposed to be doing in this life. No one else? (laughs) No one else? I've been told now that we're on YouTube, I have to start these messages with like a hook. Right? I'm practicing. I'm practicing. This, this is my practice. We'll see how, we'll see, we'll see if our people like that. I don't know. We'll see. But, um, but I'm aware scripture says we all have to give an account. I'm not going to be standing there with you going, actually, you know what? They had a really great heart. They really wanted to, to go after the purpose that God had in their life, but there was, you know, like it was just difficult, and so they didn't. I won't be there to do that when you stand before God. You won't be there when I stand before him and I have to give an account for the purpose that God's placed on my life and what I've done in, in, in that, right? This is, this is something we actually all have to grasp for ourselves that, wow, there's, there's actually things we need to do. This, there, there, there are, I, know, I know you're all like, didn't you just preach a whole message last week on you are called to him? Absolutely. And that's why last week was, was so important because we should never ask what until we are securing who because we can't do what, we can't extend the kingdom if we're not in him. Okay, so, so, so if, you're, if, you're, if you're drifting, if over the last 20 years you've been over here for the kingdom but realized you have no relationship with him, stop. We talked about it last week. We said down tools. Okay, we, sh- we have to be in him. We have to remain in him. I'm going to get to it later, but there's a verse that says, apart from him, we can do nothing. Right, so stop saying you're doing this thing for the kingdom when you're not in him or in the body. Okay. Yeah, I, t- I told you, we're, we're moving this morning. All right, we put uh, Pastor Nate's got his big boy pants on today. <laughs> Ephesians 4, chapter 1, our series scripture, our vision scripture for this year. It says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. It's not just a nice little thing. It's not just a nice little thing. This is an eternal call that has been drawing you in a relationship with him and then as soon as you realize that and you go oh my goodness I want that he's like actually you need to realize I was calling you to me because I designed you to do something with me 
okay? It's not for me, it's with me. I'm called to him so I can then journey with him in this life. I can be productive with him in his kingdom for its extension, all right? The kingdom is extended. That's what I'm for, but I'm not just for him. There's not a disconnect. I am with him. The empowerment to do what I've been called to do comes from the place I am in him, his spirit in me, me in him. It's the only way I can do the, the, the things that I've been appointed to do with him, okay? For you have been called by God, not just by me, not just by, by, by Rach, not just by someone on this team. It wasn't just some good suggestion we said you should do. Okay, don't hear that this morning. I'm not throwing out great suggestions. I'm, I'm highlighting in Scripture that the God of the universe has called you to something. Second Scripture for this morning is Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. And I have, I've, I've branched out. Our emeritus pastor is back in the house, so I felt like I needed to move on from the New Living Translation. I'm going to read from the, the NIV. The NIV. I know, I know. When they're around, I've got to level up. So it says this. It says this. It's all right. They're going to minister at a few churches soon, so we'll go, we'll go back to the Learner's Translation. But um, here we go. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 from the NIV. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service. Now, that's, that's super powerful, right? You've got to understand that, 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 that set of five, that's a particular set of gifts given to the church. If you would like some great teaching on those gifts, you need to come to our discovery sessions, okay? We, are, we, have, we, have, we have a set of teaching for you at, at I'm going to say part B. Is it part B or part A? B, part B, don't do part B without part A, but part B, we unpack all of those, okay? They are a specific description of gifts, and we want to unpack them for you. But moving on, it says, so that, so those gifts are given to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the end purpose of what God is doing through the gifts he's given to the church? that the body would be built up. It's interesting because we get really carried away with what we are doing out. Now, you're going to hear me on this. We're going to go on a little journey this morning because in no way am I diminishing outreach, impact, or any of those things. I fundamentally believe in them. However, I believe they are a byproduct of a healthy body. All right? It's... it's, I gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta take you there, all right? Otherwise, I'm gonna get ahead of myself. So, 2 Timothy 1.11. There's gonna be a lot of scripture this morning. So, so a little hint from Bible college. Write down the, the, the chapter and verse because you will remember the book easier than the numbers. Okay, 2 Timothy 1.11. So start 1.11 and then you put 2 Timothy at the front while I'm reading. It says this, and God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle and a teacher of this good news. Not me, that's Paul saying it. Paul has a really clear really convicted understanding of what he's called to, of his appointment. And I, wanna, I want, if we can, just for a second, and you can pick me up on this, this is, you can heckle me on this if you want, it's permission. I want us to stop using the word call. I want us to use the word appointment. Because we're called to him, we get to him, and what we see in, 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 in uh, the gospel last week, the gospel of Mark, he called the disciples, they chose him, and then he appointed them. So, so to avoid confusion, 
Because calling is to him, appointment is with him. So they were appointed apostles to go and do things with Jesus. And then when Jesus died and rose again, they were still doing things with him, but with his spirit, right? So, so calling is to him, appointment is with him. All right, so if I slip in my language because we've used that language across both for many years, and I want to try to bring some distinction because it will help us with a, with a revelation here. Here's the thing. Paul's appointment was clear to him. A lot of us have a vague sense of appointment. And with a vague sense of appointment, we have minimal conviction. And when we have minimal conviction, we have minimal commitment. Okay? Week, week four, we're really going to unpack that. So you've got to come back week four, okay? But, but Paul knew his appointment. And actually, it was, it was everything to him. From when he got his moment being knocked off his, his donkey, salvation moment for Paul, when he went from Saul to Paul, big transformation, what also transformed was that the very driving force of his life shifted from, from pursuing persecution of Christians to pursuing the appointment that Christ had given him with him in his kingdom. And it began to change every decision Paul made about his life. Every travel decision, every calendar decision, every time management decision. It changed everything for Paul, this appointment that came from Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 to 9 says this. It says, it's not important who does the planting, well, who does the watering? What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. So we are with one purpose, but different appointments. Some are appointed to plant, some are appointed to water, some are appointed to preach. Some are, there are different appointments, one purpose. One purpose, Ephesians 4, which tells us that one purpose is that the body would be built up. So there is one purpose, and both will be rewarded for their hard work, for we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, and you are God's building. So, 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 so let's stop trying to do each other's and find ours. Otherwise, someone's watering, no seed. And someone's planting seed, and it's dying because it has no water. We all have specific yet different appointments. Let's stop seeking status. Let's stop seeking significance. Let's stop seeking the things that the world says we should to define our appointment. And let's start allowing Jesus, who we are now a new creation in, to show us the appointment that he first designed for us to fulfill before we were born when he first chose us and called us. And if you missed that, you need to watch last week where we talked about before you were born, you were chosen and called to him. It's amazing to see the true nature of the, the before we were born design of God on our lives as we begin to walk with him and he shows us how he made us so we can actually have an effective impact. There are different appointments. Stop trying to be somebody else. Stop trying to do what someone else does. Stop trying to think that what they do is better. So I've got to be that. Be you. I will be up here most Sundays doing this. You don't need to be. You have an appointment. And your appointment will build the body. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't know if anyone here has built a house before. I know we've got some builders, okay? But what about building your own house, right? I've never done that. But I know, because my sister-in-law 
has a business about like just helping people to build their house. You don't start with the decor. Okay, you don't start the design process thinking about the artwork that will go on the wall. When you are when you are building a house, okay, we, we worry about the foundation first because you know you can if you have a dodgy foundation, it doesn't matter what picture you put on the wall, that wall's still moving and cracking, and it's like it's it's going to be bad for the rest of your life in that house. So we start with the foundation, and we spent all message last week the foundation. So please, I know I've said this a number of times, but if you have not watched last week's message, this one alone will set you on an unhealthy course because you will not realize your foundation is in him. I don't want to tell you to chase anything, any appointment without you being in him. After we build the foundation, we build the frame. The walls start, I mean, I'm not a builder, so there's probably some other steps in there, okay? But in my mind, it's the foundation and then the frame, the roof, the windows, those sorts of things, right? That's the order. And so at some point, once we realize we're in him, we, then, we, we, we realize there's a stirring in us that when we're in him, we should actually be, be doing something with him. There is an appointment that all of us need to step into with him once we enter his kingdom. And once we are secure in him, we must ask ourselves, what has God actually appointed me to do with him for the benefit of his body and the extension of his kingdom? Because that scripture that says we will give an account. We don't need to give an account for our, you know, we're saved, we're in Christ, we're seen as holy and blameless in his sight. It's not the salvation. It's, it's then post that where we have appointed for something that God's going to be like, how did you go with that? How did you go with what I appointed you to do with me for my kingdom? That, that, that scripture is one of the scariest, I'll be honest. That, that scripture, I, I'm like, that puts the fear of God in me, which is the beginning of all wisdom, wisdom of how we should live our life, when we realize we have to give an account for how we lived. So 2 Peter 1, 10 to 11 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. This is really interesting, right? Because, because we can fully understand our foundation, that we were, before we were born, we were called and chosen. But do you want to know what Peter says shows people that we know? That shows people that we've got it? That we realize our foundation is set? Do you know, do you know, know Peter's like, do you want to know how to, how, to, how to show to people that you know your foundation is secure and set and you fully are found in Christ? Do you want to know how to do that? You work hard. Because, because just like James says, faith without works is dead. Our position in his kingdom moves us to a place of action for his kingdom. We don't, we, don't, we don't come into a kingdom and be stagnant because this is a kingdom that is full of life and movement and it, it, it's a living kingdom. And so, and so because when we move into the kingdom, when we're called to him and we become in his kingdom, there is this equal thing within us called the Holy Spirit that is moving us to action, to demonstrate the realities of our salvation. And Peter says, hey, work hard. Find out what your appointment is and then work hard at it. This, is, this, is, this, this, this message should, should generate some energy in what you are doing with God in your world. Do these things and you will never fall away. It's interesting that action somehow helps us to remain in desperate need of our relationship with Jesus. 
I don't know if you've ever noticed a correlation between being right out there with him and suddenly realizing, wow, I need him. There is nothing that diminishes our desire to have relationship with Jesus more than complacency and stagnation. Because there is very little need for a, a, a life-giving, power-filled relationship with Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit when we're doing nothing with him. Move on, Nate. So our foundation is first. That's our, that's our who. We said this earlier, John 15, 4. We can do nothing. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. There's a whole lot of things you can do with your life. But at the end of days, when we give an account, they will not be categorized as fruitful. Because fruitful finds its context in the extension of the kingdom of heaven. And there's all sorts of things that we, we can and we will and we should place under that banner. But let's make sure the things that we are giving all of our time and energy, resource to, are things that are actually going to be fruitful when we stand before the Lord. And it's really clear. Disconnected from Him, so if we, if we don't remain in Him, if we don't have our who sorted, the what down the line, might actually be less fruitful than you think it is for his kingdom because you're not with him in it. Now, there is actually, if I, if I, if I could have done my live teaching thing, which, which you know, worked well last time, I, I think of this like, it's like concentric circles. The very center, the core is who, and the outer one is what. But there's actually one in the middle. If we, if we read scripture, we, we cannot jump from who to what without realizing that we are told that we're also, we are called to him, but we are called to a how. We're actually called to a, a, a lifestyle. Uh, I'll give you some scripture just quickly and then we'll move on from it. But in 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, actually, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. Okay, he did this not because we deserved it, which is awesome, but because this was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So there is a how, there is an in him, and then there is a how before we get to the what. Why? Because we can be, do, we, we can be attempting to do the what with him, but have really, really bad character. And that will affect the impact of the what that we're trying to do. Okay, so there is a who, and then there is a how. Colossians backs this up in Colossians 3.15, where it says, um, that we are called to live in peace, which is, again, this is a how. So throughout Scripture, it is clear that we are called to Him. Him is the core. Then we are called to a how, which is, which is like character. It's how we live our life. And then the, the, out of that is our what. And everything flows from the middle out. So our, our in Him flows into our how we live, because we cannot live holy without being made holy in Him. We live from holiness, not trying to gain holiness. We're made holy in Him, and so we live according to the truth that it is already in us, and we have the capacity to live it out. It's not this, it's not this, this uh, way of life that is out beyond our capacity. No, His Spirit in us, our transformation, enables us to live the second concentric circle of the how. We can live how God tells us to, and then out of that, we go to work for the kingdom of heaven in building the body. And that's great. It's about who, how, and then what. So that was all the stuff I didn't get to last week. Um, so, so I want to bust some myths right now. 
Because over my years around church circles, I've heard some teaching that um, in, different, in different spaces and places that separate the body and the world. Things like there is, there is the, um, what's the word I'll put down here? Um, you are either a priest or a king. That's, that's not scriptural. You know what 1 Peter says? 1 Peter says you are a royal priesthood. So you're not a king or a priest. You're a royal priest. You're both and. You're both and. It's the same with you're either a builder or a soldier. No, no, no. Nehemiah puts a brick in one hand and a sword in the other. You are both and. We build the house and we extend the kingdom. There is, there is, we, are, we are a priest. Where the house of God is where we operate as priests to the Lord. This is not about you. This whole gathering, this gathering is about him. Actually, when we walk into this place, we begin to operate as priests to the Lord God. Our worship, in the same way they used to bring a sacrifice and the aroma would go up to the Lord, we come and it's a sacrifice of praise that we bring. Our worship, we're actually priests in the house of God. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Because, we, you, you know, that, that really undercuts our consumption mentality in today's uh, uh, Western civilization where we come to consume from those that are on the planet. No, 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 no. You, you're, you're a priest to the Lord in this place. And second to that, you're a king, so live like it. You're a queen. You're royalty in the kingdom of heaven. You're a royal priest. You're not one or the other. You don't get to say, well, I'm called to the marketplace but not to the house. That's bad teaching. If you're not a part of the house and building it, then maybe you're just out there disconnected from it. No, no, no. Everything begins in the community of believers because this is the body of Christ. We together are his body. Let me, let me just, before we get there, before we get there, I want to say this. One is a place the other is a result. One is a focus, the other is a fruit. You see, we can mix up building the house and extending the kingdom. We can think they're two things that we're called to one or the other. But that, that diminishes the understanding that the experience of the kingdom is, is the experience of the body in the world. Let me, let me give you a really poor analogy of what I mean. Have you, ever, have you ever walked past someone on the street and you smell their perfume? In the same way, the experience that the world has of the kingdom of heaven is when the body of believers moves through the world in such a way that people experience the aroma of the kingdom that has been cultivated in us. It's not because we have a career out here that we're extending the kingdom. It's because as the body, we are cultivating an aroma of love that is the essence of the kingdom of God. And when we are moving through life, people experience it. Which is why one is a place and the other is a result because the body of Christ is this place. It is the community of believers. The kingdom of heaven is the result of him moving through his body. The first appointment that we have is to the body. So when, when our scripture teaches us that when we are saved, we are baptized into the body. Yeah. Yeah. Ephesians 4.16 says this, 
It says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That is our first primary appointment when we come into the kingdom of heaven. Our first primary appointment is to the body. It is to play our part in the body being healthy. It is to play our part in the body growing. It is to play our part in the body strengthening, in the body being full of love. Our first appointment is to the body. Because from the body, the experience of the kingdom occurs. From the body, the extension of the kingdom happens. Okay, uh, but, 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 we, but if we're out there trying to extend and do all those things disconnected from the body, then we're also disconnected from the head, which is Christ. Let's, let's, let's unpack that a little further. Can, we, can, we, can I teach a little bit for a second? So, three scriptures for you. Colossians 1, 17 to 18. Colossians 2, 18 and 19. And Ephesians 4, 15. I'll, I'll say them again. Colossians 1, 17 and 18. Colossians 2, 18 to 19 and Ephesians 4, 15, all talk about Christ as the head of the body. Christ as the head of the body. His church, his body, his house, he's the head. All of us as believers together are his body. Who knows a body without a head doesn't do real well, okay? Okay, there's no life, right? As Christ is the source of life, he is the head, he's also the brains, tells us like how to operate, all those sorts of things. But we together are his Body. Now, what he has determined is that his kingdom would be experienced through his body. Okay, it was when he walked physically on earth, when he died and was rose, when he rose again, he was like, well, now I'm in heaven, so here's my spirit, but there is still a body through which the kingdom will be experienced, and now that body is all of us. Collectively, yes, around the world also, the, the church, the body of Christ, okay, the kingdom of heaven is the dominion of the king, the experience and effect of his rule in a definitive location. Do you want me to say that again? This is why you should take notes in church, guys. The kingdom of heaven is the dominion of the king, the experience and effect of his rule in definitive locations. And when we think about, you know, Hundreds of years ago, king had geographical location that he ruled. Those that were in it experienced the effect of his leadership, of his rule, of his dominion, of his power, of his authority. It is the same for the kingdom of heaven. In the spiritual, it's the location, we know the effect of the kingdom of heaven is at full extent. God's rule, his domain, he is, he is unchallenged as the king of kings and lord of lords in the spiritual. Yet we know that on earth there is still a battle for dominion in this place, although the enemy has been defeated. We are walking into the full reality of that. And so we, as the body of Christ, bring the definitive location to this place, earth. There is the spiritual expression of his kingdom. And now we are supposed to be the ones through which the earth experiences the locational effect of his rule and reign. And that occurs not just out in, it occurs through the body. Christ as the head moving through the body. Ephesians 3.10 says this, God's purpose in all this was to use the church 
was to use the body of believers to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Get this, this is awesome, this is awesome. He is in utter complete rule in the heavenlies, and yet he has said, you know how I'm going to show them that? By utilizing the church on earth to express my kingdom. And that's going to speak to the spiritual realm about how real the dominion I have is. It's powerful when we realize the responsibility and the privilege we get as the body of believers to be about the appointment he has given each of us so that the body is built up, so that the body through which the kingdom is going to be expressed and seen, not just by those on earth, but by those in the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms, they're going to see the kingdom of heaven at work through us here on earth, and it's going to speak to them. And we, the way we build us up, the way we build the body, it's critical in that. Our appointment is critical in that. On earth, the kingdom is experienced locationally through the people of God, the church, the body of Christ. The body's actions equal the experience of the kingdom, which if you, if you wanted me to define it in one word, I would say you could define it as love. The greatest experience of the kingdom of heaven is not necessarily power, but love. That the world would see first the love that, that the body has amongst itself, and second, be an ex, get an experience of the love of the kingdom. Romans 14. I told you there was going to be a lot of scripture today, guys. Romans 14, 17 to 19 says this For the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, You will please God and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim. So we are told right there about living. Joy, peace, and the Holy Spirit. It's the kingdom in us. It's amazing. So how do we get there? Well, we aim for harmony where? In the church. Amazing that people's experience of the kingdom of heaven outside of those of us that are in it, can be affected by the harmony that exists or doesn't within the church. That's mind-blowing. That the offense that I have with someone in this place can affect the experience someone outside of this place is going to have with the kingdom of heaven. That the unforgiveness that I carry, that the gripe I have, let us aim for harmony. Sorry, can we go back to that? I definitely don't have that one written down. The harmony in the church and try to build each other up. I really hope that you are picking up the significance of your appointment in the body. Now, I do, I want to say this. I want to say this. One is a place, one is a result. One is a focus. One is a fruit. The truth is that if it is through the body that the kingdom is experienced, then surely our building up of the body is the priority and the focus. When I say the body, I am not talking about the church organization. I am not talking about, well, you better serve on Sunday because that's building up the body. The church, the true church, the body of Christ is an organism. It's a living being. Christ is the head. Every one of us 
living, breathing. We are the body. So the greater understanding that we need to take out of this whole message that we're talking about the body of Christ is not one way in which we gather, but actually who we are as a community. The community. See, the organization of the church, that's great, but all it is is somewhat of a skeletal structure inside the organism. Yes, there's an organization in the organism, but the organization is not what we're all about. Okay, the organization is not what Paul is talking about. It's the community that Paul is talking about. It's the collective body of believers together. Now we see through Acts, it gets big and they're like, oh, we need some structure in this thing. So, so, so they begin the journey of what today, in today's cultural day and age, produces an organization inside the organism. But the organism, the body of Christ, is us. It is the community of believers. And therefore, when we are talking about building it up, we are talking about building up the community. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about connections. We're talking about what this thing is like together, how embedded we are with each other, how interconnected, how quality our relationships are, how strong our relationships are. You know what a poor expression of the body of Christ is? Is a whole lot of people in isolation from each other's worlds. I would hate to see us as an expression of the church have a whole lot of people that attend on Sunday, but really we have no community. And you know, there's a teaching about, and it's true, it's in the Word of God, that as an individual, you carry the kingdom. You absolutely, you, you definitely carry the kingdom. And what you do day to day as an individual is a microcosm of what the body does in macro. We aren't called to, to just extend the kingdom on our own in our own isolated state, going, going after things, you know, I'm out there like, oh, no, 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 no. Scripture tells us really clearly that the body together causes a multiplication of the experience of the kingdom. One can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. When two or more are gathered, I'm there. When two or more agree, it is done. Like they're... they're the expression of the collective together is, is significant in Scripture. And we are all called to contribute to that. We started in that Scripture in Ephesians, which makes it really clear that actually there's, there's five gifts, apostle, prophet, teacher. Those five, those five are, are, are five people for the church and their job is to equip the rest of the people in the body to do their role in such a way that would build the community. That it would build the community. Now, absolutely, there are some ways that our community gathers together. We gather on a Sunday. Our Sunday, it's a big deal. It's like I said, this is a place where we come to be priests before God. This thing that we do is significant for our community, but it's not our community. It's how our community gathers for a purpose. Our table spaces, hugely significant. 
beautiful strength of relationship is built in those places. True discipleship happens in those places. When we talk about remaining in unity and harmony and, and developing the love and like scriptures speaking the truth in love and de- developing a depth of relationship that we are embedded and connected with each other in such a way that we have a strong body, that's going to happen so much more in our table spaces maybe than in this gathering. So don't get me wrong, there are absolutely places and spaces in which this community gathers structurally but it's not the community. Those things are not the community. Those things are not relationship. They can help form it, but they're not it. And we can attend those things and never engage in relationship. We can show up on a Sunday time and time and time again and never deal with the relational component of our life that keeps us separated and disconnected. And I would say that in doing that, you are missing your appointment in the role God has called you to play in building up the body. Because if we are all disconnected and isolated, offended at each other, holding on to grudges or whatever it is, I, 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 the, the expression of the kingdom of God through us will be limited. Our strength as a community and the expression of love that is actually built, that is what speaks volumes. Sure, I'm praying, believing for, for, for outpourings of the power of the Spirit. Let's pray for people. Let's see people get slain in the Spirit. Let's pray for healing. Let's do all that. Let's go for it. But if someone comes in, experiences healing and not love in the community, if someone gets a prophetic word down the front, walks out and never gets spoken to, This is why we all have part to play in building the body, the community, the relationships. Some of our greatest friendships should come from this group of people because we're all heading in the same direction for the same reason. We have the greatest similarity of value system you'll find anywhere else in the world and the best relationships are built on vision and values. You want a good marriage? Start with vision and values. You want a good relationship? Start with vision and values. Friendships that have different values in life, start going like this. But in this community, we have the same values, the values of the kingdom of heaven. And we have the same vision. And that is that we would be captive to the cause of Christ. If we're to be captive to the cause of Christ, then we first must be in Him. Second, we got to realize we're in his body. The second place we're in is this community. So before we start worrying about some of the practical, some of the decor we want to put on the walls of our house, we better make sure we're building the house secure. We better make sure our focus is in building up the body. I'm going to land at Romans 12, 4 to 8. This is just... Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong, this is interesting, to each other. There's some significant value placed on the relationships we develop in this community. You want to find belonging? Doesn't happen because you show up. There isn't each other component 
We belong to each other. It's relationship. It's connection. It's life integration. It's embedding. Psalms say be planted in the house as the roots are going in. Pastor Jess talked about roots this morning. Roots that go down deep into soil, that friendships that carry you through life, that support you, that encourage you, all of these things. It says this, Romans 12, 4, 8. It says, we are many parts that belong to each other. Next bit. And in His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God's given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to each other, do it gladly. The priority, the focus is in building the body, the community. I have full and complete faith that every role that we need to hold this gathering of our community will be found in this community. Not because we go for role filling, not because we preach a message about serving on Sunday, but because we are focused on building the body. And so people are built up. People are encouraged. People walk in and start thriving. As they start thriving, they begin to see things that are on their life and they begin to want to contribute to the community. And contribution comes out of place of flourishing. Nobody wants to contribute because you're twisting their arm. But when you're loved, accepted, when this place is like your second family, I tell you the desire to contribute and keep building it gets stirred in you. You know, I, I actually don't believe that everyone has a role to play on a Sunday. I don't. I believe in the significance of our table spaces. I believe in the significance of our initiatives in the Victory Center. I believe in the significance of the person that stands, not rostered, but just welcomes people coming through. The person who's so good at hospitality and so just, what's that outward expression? Oh, I'm an introvert, so not that. You know, the person that is just so naturally good at building friends, that they make every new person that walks in here feel immediately so welcomed. That's probably not my greatest strength. I love visitors and I will absolutely welcome you in our house. But there are some way more gifted welcomers in this community. There's some people that are much better at cooking than me in this community. So if you want to be on a meal train, get them, not me. But, but my job is to teach. My job is to preach. And I'm going to do that with all I've got. Here, material for table spaces. I'll get on whatever platform I need to try to build this house as a community. I'll build the organization on staff. It's different. It's important, but it's different. It's not community. The effect of building the community as we build it, as we strengthen it, as we build each other, as we play our part, as we work hard at maintaining unity. You thought rocking up on a roster was difficult. You ought to try maintaining unity. <laughs> Ensuring health, vibrancy, functionality, Increasing connection. You know, you know, you know, we, we think that doing is difficult. 
right? Like, oh man, like rostered tight, like, you know, two, two times a month, that's difficult. Like rocking up the church more than once a month, man, that's, you know, that's difficult. Try maintaining strong, authentic, healthy relationships. The reason building the body is the focus is because building the body is the hardest. Having a community that's truly connected, truly loving, truly accepting, that actually expresses in and of its own function the nature of Christ Jesus, that's why it needs to be a focus because that thing is difficult. That thing needs everybody, everyone playing their part. The peacemakers need you, the encouragers, we need you. Those that have the ability to open homes, we need you. Every single person plays a part in building this community separate from the organization. If you want a staff role, come and talk to me later. But that is different to this community. It's just, it's just like the spine. It's just the bones. So we're going to move into some ministry right now. And I'm telling you, this ministry is significant. I feel, I feel, I feel a weight of significance on this ministry moment. Because I know online, in this house, we have people that are carrying things that are restricting their capacity to embed and therefore operate in their role to build up this body. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming messages. We would love for you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.